Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the Product NLA podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Cole, and this is an opportunity to shine the spotlight on some of the exceptional technology leaders we have as the LA community. With us today is Josh Grayson. Excited to have you here, Josh. Thanks for, uh, for having me. You've been really happy to do this. Oh, man. Uh, all the people here, I know uh, you got a voice for the radio. I've been excited to have you on this show since, uh, since you, accept, you accepted the invite. I, I'm flattered. <laughs> uh, well, more from Josh in a moment. First, we'll have to speak about our sponsors. Product in LA is brought to you by Uruit. They're a digital product development agency with over 15 years of experience helping U.S.-based companies build web and mobile apps by scaling their teams with highly skilled professionals from Latin America. With expert full-stack software developers, UX and UI designers, product managers, strategists, DevOps engineers, architects, machine learning experts, and more. When you work with Uruit, you're getting the collective knowledge of 150-plus technology enthusiasts that are part of the Uruit team. To learn more, go to uruit.com. That's U-R-U-I-T.com. We are also brought to you by the Product Managers Association Los Angeles. Available at pma.la, they are the largest professional organization for product and designers in Los Angeles. With more than 3,000 members from over 500 companies, they host monthly meetups, organize the Product Leader Council, where CPOs and heads of product connect in small six to eight member pods, and have a mentorship program where they connect working product managers with students from underrepresented groups to help build a better and more diverse next generation of product people. To learn more about PMA, go to pma.la. To learn more about the mentorship program, go to pma.la slash mentorship. Our guest today is Josh Grayson. He is a senior product manager for kids and family at Wondery, an Amazon company. His past roles have included head of product at Waybetter, and he's held product roles at Zwift, Fender, and NBC. And one interesting fact you might not know about Josh, uh, based on his LinkedIn profile, is he is a diehard Eagles fan. Uh, and uh, just a note to our listeners, we are recording this the day after the Super Bowl. Um, sorry about the timing, Josh. Uh, that was a rough one. Yeah, I, I know I'm not supposed to blame uh, the refs, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to blame the refs on that one. That was, that was a bad call at the, when we didn't need it. Oh yeah, and, uh, full disclosure. I'm also a pretty pretty diehard Eagles fan. Uh, it was a, I like to say that was a great three quarters of football, and then um, you know Patrick Mahomes is a generational quarterback. He's very solid, but uh, the way that last uh, last few minutes was called, uh, you know, you'd never have a football play again if they called that type of uh, contact for every play. I, do you think they have retros and they'll cover like what <laughs> what what to keep doing, what to stop? They must have something like that. If the they don't kind of before, like the yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they didn't before, they better have some sort of retro. And if, if they need some feedback, maybe we, we got some people who can help provide that for them. Yeah, and, and the refs. <laughs> uh, Josh, uh, really excited to have you here. And, you know, you, you're, you are from Philly uh, and just excited to learn more about your journey into technology. You know, how did you get to be the, the senior product manager uh, that you are today? Yeah, so it's it's a long story, and you know, one thing I love about product management is that people come from all different backgrounds, and they they usually have kind of a winding path into the field. Um, but mine's like extra winding, or at least I, I think so. So, 
I'll kind of start from the start. I went to uh, Emerson College, where, which is mostly known as a film school. It's in Boston, but I, I didn't study film. I studied new media, which at the time was kind of the intersection of art and technology, uh, building websites. And, and, and I was really into flashback then and 3D modeling and things like that. Nice. Um, and coming out of college, I was a freelancer. Um, and I was way too young and inexperienced to freelance because um, <laughs> I really had no, no real experience. Um, but I pulled it off and I, and I was really scrappy and I got my work from everywhere, from agencies to friends to um, Craigslist and things like that. Um, and one day I came across a job post to teach that sort of thing um, at a summer camp organization. It was like a computer camp called ID Tech Camps. They teach kids nine to uh, 18 or sorry, seven to 17, all, all kinds of things like, you know, the kind of stuff that I studied. That's great. Um, and I, I knew that the tech pretty well, but I wasn't sure how I would do working with kids uh, and like singing camp songs and things like that. Um, <laughs> I went for it one summer. I worked at their Princeton University location. Um, I had a great time. Um, I taught the kids a lot of stuff and it was really cool. And it turned out I was great working with kids. And I got more and more involved in that company from being a camp instructor to eventually writing curriculum for them and really wearing a lot of hats for that company because they were a startup. And I eventually became a full-time employee, uh, a regional manager for them, overseeing several of their locations. Wow. And so that's, one... that started from just not to jump in, but just that started from, you know, a, a summer job, essentially, of, you know, can I teach these kids the, these skills that I know? And it, it budded into sounds like a, a more robust role. Yeah, it was it was really a, a first career that I had. I, I worked there for almost 10 years on, on the operation side of things, running these these kind of summer camps and also kind of helping to grow the startup, doing boots on the ground marketing and, and all sorts of different. Everybody there kind of wore a lot of hats. Um, and, and one thing that was bubbling up in the company was the notion of having some kind of uh, online product uh, because we, we had these year round camps, but it, it was it was a really strong customer base. And they, they loved the organization and they wanted more year round. And we also couldn't be everywhere. We were only at certain universities, which there's only so many that we could work at, even though they, I think they have about 50 across the country at the time. Um, so there was already this idea of having like an online code school for kids. Um, but what it was missing was somebody to uh, kind of product manage that and, and huh. kick it off. So I, I put my hat in the ring and I, I kind of uh, did an internal interview uh, and I didn't get the role. Uh, but then the guy who did get the role declined and then I got the role. Um, and, you know, you know, remember this was an education management company. They weren't yeah. used to building technical products. So my first job title was technical brand manager. Um, and nice. I had to look that up and it turns out that like a technical brand manager is like the guy who makes sure that McDonald's ketchup in France tastes the same as McDonald's ketchup in New York. Like it's kind of a different thing. So I realized yeah. like I, I need a job title. And I also realized that this, whatever I'm doing is something that I really like, and it might be a career for me, so I better get this right. Huh. So I started researching what this kind of thing was called, because you know, I, I was acting as kind of a product manager, general manager, just kind of pulling this whole program together and making sure we built the right thing. Um, and I stumbled across the term product manager. Uh, I checked all the boxes for what I was doing, um, and even more so was something that I, I, I thought I could see a whole, a whole career out of. Um, so, so I, I kind of uh, made the case as to why that, that should be the accurate title and we switched that to my job title. Um, and, then, and then kind of the rest is history. And uh, I, you know, that, that, that product uh, actually spun out into being its own um, kind of company within the company. It was a, I was an intrapreneur, uh, <laughs> if, you, if you've heard that term. 
Um, I have it. That's great. Yeah. So it's right. Intrapreneur is when you, you, you spin a company out of a kind of a bigger company from the inside out, as opposed to the typical uh, pathway of kind of uh, from the ground up. Um, and, but, you know, at a certain point I realized that if, if this is going to be my career, I, I need to start working at tech companies. Um, right. And I, and I need much more experience than what I taught myself. Uh, Cause I, I didn't come through a ticket, a typical kind of tech company story. And how, how old are you at this point? Oh, wow. Uh, I just, you know, I, I just had my first kid. So that was about, wow. uh, about eight years ago. Um, so I was, you know, in my like, uh, early thirties. But and how long were you, have you been at that company at that point? I had been there almost about 10 years. I did, yeah. about, I did about five years doing operations management and, and kind of running the programs. Uh, my, my region was the, the East Coast, kind of a big bubble around Philly, New York, and that sort of <laughs> thing. Um, but then I did about five years as a kind of product manager, general manager for this, this uh, kind of learn to code startup for kids. And so it, um, started as a, it started as a just like in-person summer camp and then built around it this kind of digital wing is, and that's what you were able to, to help, you know, bring into fruition. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that's kind of exactly what it was. So we, uh, the, the, the camp had been running for about 10 years at that point They had about 50 locations. I think about at that point, 30,000 students every summer by wow. this time, probably about 60,000. They're still around their great Ivy tech camps. Um, and yeah, and they, and they, I think whatever year that was of the company, uh, maybe it was like year 15 for them. They had, just got their first round of funding and their investors were very interested in diversifying into uh, a, you know, a product like that. This kind of yeah. what prompted that kind of energy. So yeah, it was, it was a website. Um, it probably would have been like an app if we built it today, but it was a website where we had tutorials uh, to learn game design, to learn to code Photoshop, final cut pro um, and a lot of other kind of fun game features and contests and stuff that we would do. I had a small task, uh, uh, staff of about five people at a little little uh, studio in Burbank. We built little recording booths. We did it all ourselves. It was a very uh, a very scrappy little startup. That's fantastic. So, you know, kind of recapping your your, your story here, it sounds like it was really a, a career burst out of passion. You know, you you started getting interested in you know building these websites, getting interested in design. Worked as a as a kind of a summer gig essentially for a summer camp and learned that you really did enjoy it and loved it. And you turned that into what turned into what turned out to be, you know, the, the mystery at the end of the, 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 the novel was that you were a product manager all along, um, yeah. turned into a product career. Uh, that's fantastic. And then, um, where did you go next? Where was the next stop on the tour? Yeah. So, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to be a product manager, but I was, I was very, um, you know, I think the term is like imposter syndrome, right? Cause it was only my yeah. first job. I, I didn't, I wasn't in these big tech companies or, or coming through a computer science background, like a lot of folks. Um, so I, I, I had to figure out my next move. And, you know, what I did have was a lot of experience in the education uh, industry through these kind of summer camps. And cause we partnered with schools and we did a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. In 10 years, it's, it's solid. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there's a company in Culver City called Edlio, and they are kind of like a, like a like a Wix or a Squarespace, but for schools specifically. Okay. They, 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 it's websites for schools and also some other kind of administrative tools for schools. So I stuck with the education industry, but I switched from um, B to B, sorry, from B to C uh, to to B to B, basically selling. You know, the schools were then our customers um, that you know, and, and we, we and we. And the product was this big content management system platform 
that was bespoke for the needs of a school and, and even included a number of um, school and admin tools that are you know beyond uh, just like a, a front end website. Um, and I had a great time doing that. And at, at one point, I got a call uh, from a company that said, hey, do, do you want to come be a contractor at NBC, uh, where we work together? And I said, um, yeah. are you sure you have the right guy? Because <laughs> I've only worked at these like really scrappy tech ed startups. And this is a you know, huge um, you know, media and entertainment company uh, that's like huge. And I've never worked yeah, at one. Like a and, streaming, uh, yeah, video streaming coming coming from the educational space was there a crossover were you, were you doing videos in the educational space and that was the that was kind of the bridge for you to to move over to you know an nbc yeah there that was that i had on my side is because it was a video system um i also from I, I also freelanced i was still freelancing building websites so i was really good with content management systems which, mm. which as you know that was a big part of what we were doing at nbc yes um so they were they were again crazy enough to take a chance on me and i landed um and I remember uh, my first ish day on the job sitting in like a big boardroom. Uh, and I was like really um, intimidated because I, you know, again, like I was in these like little scrappy startups, tech ed industry, which is a, you know, a small corner of, of tech all in and kind of introduced myself to everybody. And I said, my name is Josh. And the SVP said, we, we already got a lot of Josh's. So you need, what's your nickname? And I like kind of blanked. And I just thought back to a nickname from college and I said, Grizzle. And then, uh, and that was my nickname for uh, for the rest of my time there. But it, it worked out for me pretty well. <laughs> I know that nickname did stick, and it comes with the voice too. You have the grizzly yeah. guy with the grizzly voice. Yeah, that makes it easy. And then these days, uh, you find yourself working in in the podcast world at Amazon. Um, wh- where did that come from? I guess there was some stops at Fender along the way as well, and Zwift. Um, yeah. Was it, is this kind of media still interesting to you? Is it especially podcast? I mean, I feel like it, it's a natural progression from, from, you know, video to, to audio. Uh, how, how did that, how does that fit into, you know, where your passions lie? Yeah. The, the, the role I'm at now, I think complements my, my passions and my background really well. Cause I would say the, the one common thread of, of most of the places that I worked at, you know, it was, it was content, but most of it was related to kind of education or self-improvement. Um, mm. at, at Fender, I worked on a, an app where, where people were learning to play guitar. Um, and then I had a stint at like three different um, uh, fitness tech companies, you know, again, on this, and, and, and most of them were kind of content driven in one way or another. Um, so I, so I have a lot of experience w- with, with kind of educational stuff and what the Wondery is, is uh, investing in and trying to expand to is uh, this kind of kids and family content. Um, and that's mm. the piece that I was happy to return to because I really do have a passion for making uh, education and that kind of stuff fun for kids. Um, and Wondery is, has an ever-growing catalog of really awesome content for kids. It's, it's what I like to call edutainment. Uh, they have shows like one of my favorite ones is Wow in the World, where you can learn about science or the human body or space um, or, or history and things like that. Um, and I think it's, it's a really great cross-section of fun and entertainment. Um, and I like, I like kind of products for kids. So I was able to kind of pull all those things together. Um, I've had my own Wondery for a while. It seemed like a cool co- uh, company. I, I like the model of a kind of small startup in this much bigger organization that is Amazon because I, I've experienced being the smaller company as part of the bigger org um, at a few different places I've worked at. Um, so it, it, it checked a lot of boxes and it's, it's, a, it's a great place to be. That's, um, fun. That's yeah. funny because it sounds like it goes back to that first summer job where you're wondering how would you be interacting with kids 
and it seems like you've really you've you found a you found a great place to be. It's not you know the yeah. You turned out you you really did work like working with kids, and then you found a way to to get back to it uh, in your current role. Yeah, I, re- I remember at the training for that first job, I thought it was going to be like a technical training. So <laughs> I, I showed up, and and they started teaching us like camp songs, and I was like. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm a professional like this. But then when I actually got there with the kids, uh, I, I was like totally the guy singing the songs and like playing the games. And I loved it. And, uh, and that, I, I, I learned that about myself. And it was a lot of fun. That's amazing. And, and this, this concept of, you know, the, the kids podcast is, is really interesting. In, these, in a day and age when video is so prevalent, so early in lives, you know, is uh, you know, I have a three-year-old now. I remember when he was, I think I want to say like one or two, like he started taking an interest in our phones. I guess my six, my nine month old was super interested in our phones. We don't let her use it, but, uh, they have this visual video, you know, as part of their lives. Um, and maybe what's something that's been lost for a while and maybe coming back is this idea of, you know, the audio education, right? So car rides where, there aren't the screens in front of them in their iPads, but it's, you know, maybe a podcast that's being played over the radio. So they're using their imaginations for, for what the words are going to, what, you know, how to visualize those words and the the information that's being processed rather than the screen, which, you know, really just kind of puts it right in front of them. Yeah. And that's what we hear from our customers. One of the, the things they really look to for podcasts is, that, that kind of no screen experience uh, where, where kids can kind of fill in with their own imaginations and, and be a little more proactive uh, in, in that experience than just kind of receiving everything from a, from a screen. That's awesome. And, you know, you, you know, I know you can't go too deeply into, you know, what's, what's happening over at Wondery, but in general, in terms of, you know, trends you see in the future for, I guess, edu- edutainment, I love that, uh, and specifically aimed at, at children, um, what trends are you following? What, what do you, where do you see it going? What do you like that's out there right now? Well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on something that you alluded to just previously, which is kind of a funny paradox with, with what I just said, which is in the podcast industry in general, um, there's this shift of mindset from podcast being an audio only experience to being an audio first experience. That's right. Uh, and what I mean by that is a, a, a vast amount of people, um, listen to their podcasts on YouTube, right? Which is a video platform. So, so as the podcast industry, right? A podcast will always be audio first, but there, there's becoming this expectation for a secondary video or otherwise screened experience. Um, so we're certainly analyzing what is that like for kids? And if podcasts are sought for kids to be a, a place where you get away from the screen, what, what's kind of an elegant way of, of merging those two concepts. So that's something that we're batting around a lot. Um, outside of that, I can just say uh, there, there's a lot of cool content and, and some cool intellectual property. Uh, Wondery is going to happen in, uh, in the, the, the years to come. So that's yeah, awesome. Keep an eye, keep a close eye. And then outside of Wondery, is there anything else that you're paying attention to in, in that world or maybe the podcast world in general? Um, oh, in podcast world in general? Let me see. What should I be paying attention to, Josh? I guess you know. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll pitch. So, so, so one, one kind of. I mean, one of the other things I do at Wondery is, you know, uh, Wondery's main uh, stuff is, is true crime. That's kind of their their breadwinner. Mm. So, I'm also building like the parental controls to to make sure that 
you know, you, you can have a kid's view where kids see what they're supposed to see and that sort of thing. Um, but that segues to say there, there's a, a, a podcast I'm listening to. It's a wondering podcast called uh, Frozen Head, which is about cryogenics. Okay. Um, specifically a, uh, a facility in New Mexico. Um, and it's pretty wild stuff. It's, it's much more wild than I ever would have thought. So that, that's an interesting one if you're into uh, the kind of uh, morbid stuff that uh, Wondery also contains. Do they have like Ted Williams in that, in that facility? Did that come up? Um, it's, it's the big one. So I, I don't, I don't know for sure, but I would say high, high chance it's Alcor is like the main one in New Mexico and they, they freeze their heads, but that's, I'll save it for the podcast. That's, that's, <laughs> that's not my great. story to tell. <laughs> oh man. It's been a lot of fun chatting with you here, Josh. Uh, and I guess, uh, the last question we always ask on the show here is, uh, you know, what's the, uh, most LA thing that's happened to you and this could be tech related or not. Yeah, so um, have you heard of the SoCal Challenge? Okay. Uh, maybe, but yeah, I, I, have a, I think I have a sense of where you're going for, but yeah. So, so the SoCal Challenge is in, in the early morning, you go surfing, and then you go up to the mountains and you go snowboarding like in the afternoon. And then yep. by you know the evening, you're in the desert to have, have a dinner with a glass of wine, because that's something you can only do in Ooh. SoCal. I've never done that. I've never done any of those things because I don't, I don't surf, I don't ski, <laughs> but I came close. So when, when I proposed to my wife, I booked like a nice little cabin in Big Bear. Okay. And we, we were going up there and we were kind of going up the mountain and they were turning cars away without chains. And right. uh, so, and I, now I had like, this is when I was going to propose to my wife. So I had like the house all done up with roses. Like we did. A whole oh thing. no. But they're turning people away. We were too scared to drive with chains. Um, so as a last minute audible, we, we booked a hotel in the desert. So in like two hours, I went from like <laughs> epic snow, like, you know, absolute mayhem snow to, you know, super hot desert weather. Um, and that's, that's and, and then on the way to the desert is if you've ever seen Pee Wee's Great Adventure, do you know that scene where Pee Wee uh, oh. kind of has a, has a love story moment in the mouth of a big kind of roadside attraction dinosaur? Yes. It's a famous scene. Yeah. Yes. So, so, so as we were driving wow. there, I, I see that on the side of the road and I pull over and we go up in the dinosaur in, in the T-Rex mouth. And that's where I proposed uh, to my wife. So that feels amazing. like very uh, SoCal LA on a few fronts. We have like the iconic movie scene recreation and like the <laughs> SoCal challenge from uh, snow to desert. So that, that's my thing. That is one of the most LA things I've ever heard, Josh. That is amazing. Recreating a movie scene at the side of the movie in the middle of the, in the in the middle of the the, the move from the uh, yeah snow drenched snow snow soaked uh, mountains to the desert that's terrific man. Well, uh, thank you again so much for joining us, Josh, and thank you for sharing your journey. Very, I mean, it's an amazing story, uh, and love that you know you you found your passion and you you continued with it, and it, it took you to a, an amazing place. Um, so, uh, thank you for sharing that with us. Cool. And thanks for having me on. I really, really enjoyed uh, sharing everything. Uh, me too, man. Uh, I'd also like to thank our sponsors again. That's PMALA at PMA.LA and Uruit at URUIT.com. I want to thank you all for joining us once again, and uh, we'll see you next time on Product in LA.